Hey, everybody, on this episode of Sap and Chats, we are going to dive right into what everybody wants to talk about the big return. Our truth is back in the WWE, ladies and gentlemen. That <laughs> plus a couple more returns happened. The Survivor Series happened. We'll touch on all of that. And right there down below us, we got Connor the Mauler all the way from Athens, Greece, man. He wanted to join <laughs> us. So, guys and gals, strap in. Let's get the show on the road. Sap and Chance out. Hey everybody, welcome back to an action-packed episode of Sap and Chance. I'm your host, Bobby Sampson. Beside me, my man with the master plan, Mr. Chance Michaels. And below us, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Greece, Connor the Mauler likes to join us with one of the big fours happen. So here he mm -hmm. is again. Chance, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Yeah, no, I'm doing good. Just recovering. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that in boxing a little bit. Just coming back from Vegas, Connor. How are you, my friend? I'm great, man. Love the show. I love the opportunity to get on with you guys. So thanks for having me. No, thank you for for uh, wanting to be on with us, man. That's awesome. All right, guys, let's just get right into it. The big return, our truth, man. Who saw that coming? Anybody? <laughs> Nobody. Our truth. Man, I love them. You know what? You know, let's just be fair. Our truth is just that guy. He's the one guy that makes Vince McMahon laugh like nobody's business. So um, good to see him back in the fold, yeah. you know, just fooling around, uh, making a mockery of things and just having a good old time and just bringing some lightness to other why sometimes a very tense situation. Uh, speaking of tense situations, did any of you guys see CM Punk coming back? Like I knew he was going to come back, but I didn't think he was going to come back at Survivor Series. If he was going to come back, that'd be the place of his hometown, right? I was 50 50. It's funny they released a statement saying Vince, uh, Khan, and Triple H. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. When I heard them say that, I was like, maybe they're going to bring him back and try to swindle us because there's nothing kept secret anymore. So I was 50 50, but the crowd loved them. They went nuts. Yeah, Honestly, I was thinking, they, I was thinking, you know, the opening segment, the, the video package at the start, you know, it comes the first thing Chicago, they really emphasize Chicago. And then the voice that that did the voiceover for the build-up, you know, I thought it sounded a little bit like the voice you hear in the Cult of Personality song. Uh, it's a president's voice, right, that's, that's in that uh, song. But I thought right. it sounded very similar to that voice. So give me these vibes. Like, oh, mm -hmm. I just felt another tease that they were teasing. But uh, I, was, I was hopeful. I was really hopeful. But I didn't think it was going to happen. I, I was for sure surprised. Awesome, awesome. All right, guys, well, I tell you what, we have a lot of time to talk about him. Why don't we talk about the show really quick, break that down very quickly here. Uh, yeah. Let's open up with the first War Games match, the ladies match. Um, keep in mind, guys, I haven't seen it. I watched it 2 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, and uh, so I might be missing a few things, so I'm going to need you guys to help me fill in. But for me, that first match was was great. I loved it. I thought it was a great opener. I thought it was really enjoyable. EO with the garbage can on top of her jumping off the cage was just insane. Um, you got to have faith in everyone down there below. They're going to do the right thing by you, man, because coming down in a garbage can, that's intense. What do you guys think of the match? <laughs> Connor, take it away. I'll let you get out first, man. Yeah, yeah. So the, the garbage can spot, I, I was, you know, going crazy for that. I thought that was an awesome spot. But 
Then I watched it again on YouTube. So I thought Io was really selling the excitement. She's going to do this crazy dive and just take everybody out. So in her excitement, she was shaking almost. But then I realized what she was doing was, you know, these things happen. She was getting everybody to bunch in. And I already don't like these spots. I don't like when people are standing around waiting for something to happen. It takes away that realism for me. Um, I, I, they're awesome. They're vision spectacles. The visually see that is so cool to put your body in the line like that is phenomenal. But I like to be feel like I'm in it. I like to feel like it's really happening. You could imagine this happening, and for her to stand there waiting for so long and then telling everybody to bunch in together so she could jump on everybody. I don't really like that to be honest. Um, but I, I love you. I think she's uh, for me. She's my favorite to watch uh, in that division. Um, happy, happy she's champion. I don't think she's quite the, the, the best there to be champion, but I still think she's phenomenal. Um, has a, a lot of room to grow already. She's great. Uh, that was a great spot. Um, what else did I enjoy in that match? I mean, you've got, you know, the best, you know, the, the team, kind of like the, the men's war games, and you've got uh, on Becky, Charlotte, Bianca, um, you know, Shotzi, you know, she's, she's coming up, but you've got phenomenal, phenomenal team there. To showcase and get the crowd excited for the beginning uh just if i'm being honest i don't like those spots where too much it happens where you're having to wait around for people to hit the spot uh but it still looked really cool overall though what would you take of the match um okay if i'm being honest too i think one thing and i don't really like aw much or WWE. i think one thing to do though is when they bring matches like that because of the brutality it feels like it's a big match it feels like something brutal is going to go down in WWE it just feels like it's a big cage it's like a I, I'm sorry to say that I love WWE but I'm not that excited for war games I don't know why I don't really get that thrilled for war but games, we don't get the like. color right yeah yeah I, I just feel like it's kind of predictable I kind of feel like war games is too predictable and you're not very really yeah this, you know this shocking war games to yell war games and, and to make it so like the the whole production WWE is amazing a production they get the sarin ringing the cage coming down everybody told me how, how historical of a of a match it is and then to me it just never lives up to that hype fair enough chance your take man i agree with what you're saying connor um it, the booking has been too predictable but wwe almost every pay-per-view we're almost breaking every match that happens they got to give us a little bit of a surprise they did it at the end but it's too predictable i can't really add much more to the match i'm just glad that when you guys said that team bianca got the win it was obvious but it was a good match but AEW is a little more for 18 over i find with the brutality the blood and then wwe is trying to keep it for teenagers and kids so but i can't really add much more than what you guys said it was a good opening match team bianca got the win like i think they should not much else Ooh. I can add to it when you guys yeah. covered it. Well, I tell you what, man, here's one thing I did notice. Um, I don't know if this is something new or something that caused them to make this decision, but they made a point of telling us during the rules of war games that if someone climbs out of the cage, their team forfeits the victory. So I've never heard that before in any other war game match before. So I'm wondering what led that to happen. I don't have the answer, but just something I picked up on. Uh, the other thing I really picked up on this match was the work that Bailey put in. Bailey was going around saving everybody, which just makes this break up even more so. Um, there was a comment, you know, Bailey made that, yeah, I'm recovering. I'm just wondering where the rest of my team is. So she's coming out alone. She's doing everything by herself. You know, the, the rest of the damage control team 
Kabuki Warriors Part 2 to be announced soon. You know, I'm just kind of curious where this story goes. But overall, I thought it was a good opening match. I had no issues with it. Until they change their rating, we're not going to see color, right? Unless it's forced, yeah. like we yeah. did with Drew on Raw last night. Ooh, um, yeah. You know, he hit his head on the belt. He didn't hit, he didn't hit yeah. Seth. But let's move on to the second match. Gunther, I mean, this was a cakewalk as well. We already knew that Gunther was going to win, but Gunther against The Miz. Quick match. I thought it could have been good for Raw, but I guess they needed to put stuff there. I thought it was okay. I thought The Miz showed himself up pretty well. Uh, the near pin, the kick out. But like I said, I think they're saving Gunther for something bigger. I don't think if he loses, I don't think he's going to lose it till Mania. Maybe till after, but that's just my thoughts. Guys? One thing that I took away from the match, you knew it was going to be a quick match. Gunther's getting the W. Everybody in the grandma knew that. The one thing I did take away from it is that the Miz can be a good baby face with the right booking. He's turned from heel to baby face. People don't know the good guy. I think he can be a good baby face if they keep giving him heels like Gunther. And guys like that, he can keep playing this role. But yeah, it was a quick match. What you expected? You had you can't let Miz beat Gunther. There's no way. Connor. Yeah, I got I got a little love for Miz. Um, yeah, one thing that always stands out to me. This I always go back to it with the Miz. I think this is why I love him so much. Um, when he was doing that, he had the long shorts. His first run, he had the mohawk uh, mm-hmm. in WWE. Someone, someone had um, someone that wasn't tough enough. He, I believe he's a winner of tough enough. He got this brain tumor. I was really sad news, and Miz was friends with him. And I wrote this like blog, I guess, around that time, and it was really impassioned. And he said one day he felt so much passion because of his friend, you know, having this um, tumor. He wrote at the end of it how he's going to become champion one day. And I thought the Miz at this time was like this guy becoming champion. Like no way. It's like uh, I don't know. Uh, pick a superstar in SmackDown that you'll never think is going to become a champion. You know, it's like never in a million years happening. And that's what it felt like. But I felt like I I believed it the way he wrote in that blog, the the passion came through even in his writing. And then it always stuck out to me and then he became champion. And I thought, no way he called it years and years ago. You know, of course everyone wants to be champion, but I felt his passion and I feel like he does have so much passion. That's why he's so multifaceted he can do so many different things even including i didn't think this is going to be a great match because it was too predictable of course Miz was never yeah. being gone through but still again he made you believe he hit that low blow you know he got the padding off you kind of thought could the miz do it are they trying to build this back he i think miz is really good at making you get invested when he puts himself forward get you invested you get invested and i thought he brought out a good match at him and gunther uh had a really solid match mm-hmm. yeah no uh the Miz incorporating heel stuff as a pseudo face, I think works really, really well. And I agree with Chance that, you know, if done right, because I mean, he's one of those guys who comes off better as a heel in most cases than not. You know what I mean? Like it, it's a struggle for him to be a face. And when it is, it's kind of convoluted and kind of forced to feels. But if he finds his flow as a pseudo heel face, I think we got something there, right? Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, Santos Escobar against Dragon Lee. Um, again, I, I think this was just another match for SmackDown. Um, a good opportunity for Dragon Lee to come out and show what he's all about, building up the story with Ray. I have a feeling Los Lotharios are going to come up and join Santos because he lost his other two dudes, right? So, I mean, I, I think you're going to see something like that play out and you'll probably end up with Santos and Ray at Mania. 
That's where I'm going with that. I thought this was a really good match, actually. I think it's a blessing in disguise that Carlito didn't have this match because Dragon Lee and um, Santos had great chemistry. It's high-flying, action-packed, good moves. And Santos Escobar, man, I'm starting to get impressed with him. He's, he's a great heel, and he's got a lot of potential. He's young, and he might you know, start getting some higher upper-card matches. But, yeah, Dragon Lee and him, great match, great chemistry. Probably better than the match that Carlito, not Carlito, but Carlito wouldn't have been able to perform like that. So it all worked out good. And Santos is he's the real deal. Connor. Yeah, I really like Santos. So I was kind of bummed out when he joined the LWO. It seemed like a little bit of momentum kind of stopped for him because um he was playing second to Ray. And I don't know, I just didn't think it really showcased the best of Santos the way he came in with the suit and the mask, holding the mask up. You know, and now he's villain again. He's playing really really well in that role so just getting a good win for him you know getting him on that card i think was great for him and as you mm-hmm. said just a good match i think dragon lee's impressive like super he impressive is. really great build as well you know um so he's believable um so yeah just a good win for him uh, i think like you said better than if carlito was there carlito's not really moving that well looks phenomenal no. but well, he looks look great, really yeah, he's great well. yeah he's uh, just jacked but he doesn't look to be moving the smoothest at the moment so I think uh, that was a great change. And I agree, I think it could have been a match maybe for SmackDown, uh, not Survivor Series. But, yeah. you know, uh, it's, it fit. It fitted, you know, with everything that's happening. So, yeah, I was happy with it. And, of course, the right person won. Fair enough. And I, I said on the show before that the Santos Escobar that was in NXT wasn't the same Santos that came up to the main roster. But since turning, the man is finding his rhythm again. He's another example of a guy who is an amazing heel and has a hard time being a face. But, I mean, if he's able to kind of now flow the way he was in NXT, the way he is, we're going to see some great stuff from this guy. I totally agree. All right, ladies match. Um, Walk in the park for Rhea. She takes care of Zoe. Zoe had her moments, but overall, the right person won. Your guys' thoughts on Rhea versus Zoe Stark? Connor, take it away, man. Yeah, 100% right person won. I mean, Rhea's just beyond phenomenal right now as michael cole said look up star in the dictionary you're gonna see rhea ripley for sure she's on top right now it'd be stupid to make her lose at this point especially to zoe stark um <clears throat> a little bit too predictable i think the survivor yeah. series this year was too predictable uh gunther miz you knew you know this match again you absolutely knew um but both hard-hitting women um so it's just gonna be a tough match brutal um just personally it annoyed me just how much talking there was like zoe yelling at her i thought you know once or twice okay but it just feel like she kept yelling at her um and you know you gotta try it though uh, kudos for trying to you know add something to the match um i really like the I, I think it was like a headbutt re-hit before hitting uh the riptide and there was a nice little sequence there to end it it was a brutal match it was tough it was a good one like i really think it was a good hard-hitting match but a little bit too predictable with Zoe Stark there being in that match, but I have no, I have no issues with it. Um, other than being predictable, I think it was hard hitting. Good for uh, for Zoe. Good to build another uh, star in the division or trying to build a star, but mm-hmm. just not at the right time. Not for Survivor Series also, but with everybody else in the in the War Games match, you know, and nothing else building. You know, there's it's the best of what we got. Yeah, I totally agree with what I was going to say. The same thing you basically just said. Too much yelling much talking too much carrying on almost seemed like a cat fight at in high school you know what i mean two people fighting you know in the locker room or something like it was i don't know i thought it was a little cheesy to be honest with you they should have toned down the talking the yelling and all that i'm not sure what they were trying to do with that but 
like I said, Rhea dominate. She's going to go into Mania as a champion. They should give you matches where at least you will believe that she could lose, even though you know she's not going to. This is just becoming, the booking is becoming way, way too predictable. At least, especially in that match. You knew she had no chance. Like, give us, make us believe that she could lose, but probably won't. We don't even believe that anymore. There's too dominant. So that's my knock on that. Well, I liked Rhea's look. I liked the look that she came out with, with them smeared makeup on the side of her face. Um, you know, just I, I just thought her look was amazing. I thought Zoe did the best that she possibly could uh, under yeah. the circumstances. And, you know, that's the kind of the character that she is. Her and Shayna Baszler are going to be those loud talking, beat you up type of women, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, you know what? It's kind of tough because, I mean, I think they want to give people an opportunity. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez is in the wings. We still don't know where Jade Cargill fits in, what branch she's going to be fitting in. There are some dominant women there. I mean... I think we're holding out for Nia Jax to see where she fits into this as well. Because, I mean, if you think about it, Rhea, Rhea's probably biggest opponents will be either Nia Jax or or Raquel right now based on where they're all situated, right? So um, look for one of those two ladies to kind of come up into the fray here and, and kind of challenge her and make it a bit more interesting. But yeah, let's move on now, man. Main event time. Here we are. War games. The teams are in the back. They're ready to come out. But where's Randy? Randy's not here yet. Randy's not here. Classic, man. Of course he's there. We just love how they like to play that out, you know. Uh, The match itself. I tell you what, man. I really liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was hard hitting. Um, Very snug. Everyone kind of got their spots in. No issues on my side in terms of how it played out or how it worked. Um. Again, predictable. We knew who was going to kind of go over here. Um, I didn't anticipate that Damien would be the guy who'd, who'd take the loss for the team. I thought it'd be one of the Weasel Boys, but still makes it interesting. Um, the whole trying to cash in as well, that was kind of new. That was a new thing. I wonder how that works. So if he had pinned Seth, would he become the champion and win war games, or would he have to pin him twice? I don't know. We never saw they that. They never thought that's... that far. They didn't tell you because they knew it was never going to happen. <laughs> right, but that's what I there. was thinking when that happened, right? right? I'm thinking, okay, is he going to come in, pin him, or does he win the title, and does he win war games, or does he have to pin him a second time? What do you guys think of war games for the men? Connor, take it, take it away, man. Yeah, um, solid. You know, I knew the man's was going to be a little more solid as well. Uh just with the chemistry of they've had a rivalry for so long and a solid, solid team. You know, I heard someone call them the Avengers, uh, you know, Cody, Jay, Randy. Um, no, who's the two? Why am I, am I drawing a blank? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Cody, you had um, Sammy, we had Jay. Sammy. Yeah, so there you go. Forgetting. Yeah, and then Randy. Uh, yeah, so like, yeah, I thought that was a great way to call them the the Avengers. I was like, yeah, these are phenomenal. Like these, like it seems like a the break in of a new era with these top baby faces and a team together. I just thought it was so cool to see. Um, so yeah, it, there was nothing there that went wrong, which is great. I think it's always good in these kind of matches where there's so much happening, two rings, people bouncing off in yeah. like two ropes, two sets of ropes. There's always that danger something could go wrong, especially with Randy coming back just off a serious injury. So really happy to see Randy come back. I was thinking maybe they were teasing Punk, you know, because uh, Randy's not here. But like, mm. could they? Could this be the swerve? Are they really going to do that? Um, but then Randy came back, and Randy's phenomenal. The shape that he's in is ridiculous. Huge. He just came back. Oh, yeah, he's great. been in that HGH with the Rock. Right. He looks great. 
He oh, he looks huge. He's roided to the gills, but he looks like a million bucks. He looks like a wrestler's look, right? Yeah, and he just doesn't miss a beat. That excitement oh. just comes through. Like, he's just so passionate. He just, like, looks so authentic with everything he does. Yes. Like, he just can't wait to get in there, get moving. You know, Randy came back. Um, so, I think it was good that he passed the wind. Cody, I did think that there might have been a, a heel turn. I did think that maybe there were, if, if Punk wasn't going to come back, because uh, they couldn't have done a Randy heel turn and then Punk, there'd be too much upstaging, too much yeah. happening there. Um, you know, so he came in, did what he had to do. I think Chance, you had mentioned maybe in a previous um, podcast, and I agreed through a comment section about your take on the Judgment Day. Oh, they oh, really, yes. they really bug me. I feel like they're burying yeah, oh, yeah. Finn through the Judgment Day, and uh, and I just can't <laughs> believe them. I just can't believe. Remember, two of those members are Irish. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I love them. I love, I love the guys. I, I think like individually. They're all good. They even called their backstage area clubhouse. It feels so I don't know. It just for okay for what they are, I think great. But trying to make them seem like this dominant force of the team and saying we're dripping with gold. It's like you've got an NXT title and a tag team titles. I know. You know it's like it's not, you don't even have any real main titles apart from Rhea with the the world championship. And uh, so I just don't believe them as this force. And they're the only things that the rivals, the good guys, are domineering. They're like the good guys are. Like uh, people say, the Infinity Stones, you know, like like Triple H yeah. got the Infinity Stones for the good guys. They are mega stars, you know, and these guys that are a mega team. Like the the uh, Rollins probably was the leader. Cody is maybe the leader. Who knows? They all could be the leader of that team. Yeah, mega true. stars, and they're going against a team that, as you called them, the Weasel Boys. You got like JD, you've got Dominic, and even kind of Finn seems like a weasel. He just doesn't really does. seem like a tough guy. He just seems like this little cheerleader for priest maybe or for Rhea. i don't know they just yeah. don't well, to be like fair to be fair um, the, my weasel comment really made sense on monday night raw when the two little weasel guys came out to attack randy at the at the end mm. of his segment mm. right so i mean that that's their role they're the little weasel guys that come out and just do the dirty work for for the two big lads well i mean the one big lad i guess i mean i don't know it's an interesting concept but what i did like about randy coming back is like when he went down mm. to do his whole slamming of the fist for the RKO and he turns to Jey Uso. I'm thinking, you know, this is one guy who screwed every single guy on his team. Like, literally screwed them out of every title. Right? I mean, Sammy played a role in some of it, but that guy right there, he's responsible for fording Randy at, well, story-wise, putting Randy out for a year and a half. He cost he cost Sammy and he cost um, Rhodes heavyweight titles. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's just insane. I'm just curious to see where they're going to go with this and how long it's going to last before they kind of want to turn on him and then, you know, see what goes on here. So, I mean, it, interesting. I just love that. That was a cool segment. I also enjoyed the DDT from the turnbuckle when they all did it together. You know, vintage Randy, classic, good moves. But overall, the move, the the, the match was great. I had no problems with it. Everything was beautiful. Yeah. The right guys won yeah, in yeah. essence. Uh, they come to the closing graphic, and I look at my watch, and I'm looking at my feed. There's still five minutes left. What's going on here? Why would they put this graphic up right now? That's the first thing I'm thinking, oh, shit, here he comes. And here he came, CM Punk, man. Um, he's back. He's back. Multi-year deal signed. This only came in the last 10 days, they say. Um, I know Chance is probably going to disagree, but no one at TKO, TKO or Vince knew about it. Only Khan and... That. Only Khan and Triple H knew about it, apparently, uh, going in. 
Uh, yes, some of the talent was informed, but apparently there's a lot of bad taste in the mouths of people backstage right now over the fact that Punk is there. Punk is polarizing. He's good for business if it's going to work. And there's just the one place, and we've always said this, Chance, the one place where he can't get away with the nonsense that he pulls in AEW or else he goes, he's not going to be able to do it here. So yeah. yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So people are saying, oh, Vince didn't know, Ari didn't know. They knew. You don't think Triple H is going to call his father-in-law who made this guy, who married his daughter, and put him in his spot, say, hey, we're going to bring back Phil. What do you think? Absolutely, Vince knew. These are, I, these are bloggers and internet people trying to pump up Triple H and knock down Vince. But at the end of the day, Triple H doesn't pay him the money. This is TKO's money. He had to get approval to pay this guy that. So there's that. Second of all, he's 45 years old. He's injury prone. Crowd loves him. Like he's hot. Like they've they've got a great buzz. Um, how can he really how many matches can he actually do? He is always getting hurt now. He is polarizing, but people saying that only Nick and Triple H knew that's 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 hyperbole. I'm sure it was kept secret as much as possible. The Seth Rollins freaking out. You guys see that footage after the one off yeah. the air? Like he, I'm gonna punch you out. That does all the work. Seth ain't you're gonna hurt nobody. Um, yeah, it was hey, the crowd loves him. What else can I say? That he was hot, came back and he, the one thing that he did say on Raw, I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to make money, which is funny because he's supposed to be the punk rock guy who hates the rich, who hates the billionaire. We're seeing the real Phil Brooks, a bit of a bit of a jerk, loves his money, but he's finally admitting that people know who he really is now. So well, I love his other comment. Spot. That other comment he made was like, I've changed. So you've changed from three months ago, or have you like what what change are we looking <laughs> at here? Because I mean he left a dick. He was a complete dick in AEW. Um, mind you though, I don't, I think a couple of those guys were just too young to understand what he was trying to pass on to him. Right. Um, the one problem with AW, and this happened with William Regal as well. And Daniel O'Brien, they would go out and actually call, sell everybody. Listen, if you want to come and learn, if you want to kind of, you know, mess around in the ring and figure things out, we're going to be here. No one came, mm-hmm. no, no, none of their talent ever showed up to any of those open sessions and things like that. So I can almost see them acting that way towards Punk and Punk being an old school guy, sort of, you know, reacting the way he did. Maybe he should have been the responsible one in in reacting differently. But when he said that he changed, all I could think was like, what, in three months? What have you changed? I say I one more thing about the guys. The guy's arrogant and he rubs people the wrong way, especially millennial wrestlers. He thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. He thinks he's a, a the toughest USC guy. He thinks he thinks he's all these things, and none of them are true. So the younger guys, the twenty five year olds, the thirty year olds, you know, the young bucks, and all these younger guys, they can't relate to an old grumpy man because that's exactly what he is. He's forty five years old. He's old. He's grumpy, and he's a miserable prick. And people don't like it. So yeah, Cotter, let's hear it, man. It's uh, so growing up for me for me like uh, at the attitude era, but I was coming off the back of the attitude era coming into like CM Punk in my late teens, early 20s. <clears throat> so me and my friends were like big into Punk. He was like our favorite guy. And even though it's kind of like for me and McGregor, you know, <clears throat> I McGregor is an absolute dick, but coming off the hype and all that belief and all that, you know, following him and loving him so much, it's like almost like we forgive the asshole because we love the entertainer, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's how I feel like Punk, you know, like he, he is cocky, brash, thinks he's a know-it-all, thinks he can put his, you know, stop and everything and get away with it and thinks that he, he's untouchable until he gets fired and uh, gets called out. But look at that reaction to talk about business. Like, 
that's what you're going to see within a day over 5 million views i think yeah. on youtube for that two minute segment WWE made the right move they got this megastar when he was still hot and everybody's talking about him from the AEW incident mm. comes back it's going to be interesting to see what's it going to be like almost 10 years later because yeah he had that AEW stint and it's good that he had the AEW stint because now he's coming out a little bit more fresh i mean if he had to come back with no no experience on the mic or in the ring wrestling I don't know what that would have looked like, but thankfully he got a little bit of training time in there to come back. It's not that long since he left AEW. Mm. He came back looking bigger in only three months. I thought he looked great. He, he yeah, he's definitely big. popped up a little bit. Yeah, yeah like chest and arms are looking big, you know. Um, I thought he had a much better look already from uh, from AEW. He's cleaner looking, you know. He, he, doesn't have he that, got his hair cut. He turned know, up a little bit. He doesn't look yeah, like a yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah, and he, I think he really, he was really loving that hype. It was getting one thing about him too. He is arrogant. He has, he has a big ego. He knows he has a lot to prove because was AW right? You know, was WWE right? All these questions being asked. You know, <clears throat> is it, is it Phil or you know, or is it what he says? He knows now more than ever that the attention is on him, and it's going to be make or yeah. break because if he does something stupid in this next year, it's like you're an asshole and your whole legacy's ruined. You know, this best in the world, this summer of punk, this hype train, this all that he's built is going to go out the window. I think his ego's too big. I think, and I think his ego will be kept in check. They won't let him get away with shit. No, you know, like they'll be triple, triple H, even Seth, you know, like I think these guys aren't afraid to speak up and they aren't afraid to get physical, you know, um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're not here to be everybody's friends. They all work together really well. Like Cody and Seth don't really seem to like each other, but they'll work well together for the business. You know, Cody seems like a good leader as well. He seems like a good peacemaker. So I don't think, I think he'll, there's too many mature guys, too many veterans there, too many people in their prime that are top notch level stars that you're not the best in the world here no more. Like you're competing against guys that have proved themselves. So you got to prove yourself. So I think he's really got to prove himself. And I think he'll, I personally believe, and I hopefully he'll step up to the challenge, but like you said, 45 injury prone. Yep. So we will see, but I think great decision, great decision to bring back, you know, business-wise great decision. One thing I'm interested to see he came back at AEW, he was hot, but then as soon as he was on um, dynamite and all those shows, the ratings were just regular. Like it went up and he, he thought he was coming back as like, I think he referred himself as like, coming back like he was like the nwo for me well nobody cared that he's an aw after a while right so they're hot in his hometown he just came back but let's see if the ratings will carry with him now if he can stay hot and if he didn't come to aw he wouldn't be as hot right now because like you said he's controversial all the fights he's had so he's coming at the right time they got him when he's so controversial right so it's working for him hopefully he can uh make it better and run with it and, and put some more eyeballs on the tv right so well nashville loved him Na nashville loved him last night so that's two cities right i mean chicago is a given well, uh, the one the thing tv ratings like him though right we'll see about that yeah, hopefully yeah. well the one thing that i will say that you know while you guys were talking i was thinking about it and and if you look if you compare the styles of actual wrestling in the two organizations I don't think AW style is suited to Punk, which made him more injury prone. Here he'll be protected more. The style is a little bit more different. The techniques, mm -hmm. the way they do things is a little bit more different. That's a bit more off the cuff indie style, yeah. um, you know, where it's more hard hitting. And those guys are more about moves and spots than storytelling. And this is the big leagues. This is the big right? leagues. Like, yeah. When you watch AW, you can miss maybe a month and go back and watch it and not miss a beat because 
Their storylines are just horrible. They're, I'm, I'm not being disrespectful in any way, but there's no continuity. There's just nothing there that builds, right? Whereas here now you have things that build. I don't think he's going to work a hard schedule, uh, no. but the matches that he has, I don't think are going to injure him. If he injures himself, it's because of his own folly. Uh, but overall, I, I'm curious to see where they go with this. I think him and Seth are too soon. Um, you know, I don't know where they go with him right away. He, he's just but, gonna, you're not gonna see him wrestle on Raw and stuff. Maybe a tag match, you're gonna save him for the big pay per views, right? Like, that's all you need him for. You don't need him to wrestle on SmackDown against Santos Escobar. Save him for the big matches, the big moments like you do with Lesnar and Reigns. But he'll come out and TV more and talk more. But yeah, save him for the big spots. I think the one good thing is having Randy back. I mean, if you think about it. He's probably one of the real locker room leaders, in my opinion, uh, in terms of just carrying himself and everything. That comedy made last night to Rhea was awesome. One of the best things I've heard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know, mommy this, mommy that. Well, guess what? Daddy's home. You know yeah. what I mean? Just like Randy Orton backstage is the rock locker room leader, in my opinion. Yeah, you have Seth and maybe you have Cody, but he trumps those guys. I mean, he's the last... Uh, Right. So if, if anything, I think having Co- having him back as well is going to keep him online. And I just I just don't think he's going to cause any major issues here. He can't. It won't happen. They won't allow it. Right. We're no, not. We're not dealing, his best yeah, we're not dealing with Tony Khan and, and at a press conference. Right. They'll shut him up. All right, guys, I tell you what, that's a wrap. Um, Chance, you got a top five or anything for us? Maybe Connor can get in on this one, too. Yeah, I got one for each of you guys. Ready? I've never asked Connor this, and this will get our viewers a little bit of a chance to know Connor better. Connor, let's hear your top your top five personal favorite wrestlers of all time. Oh, yeah. All right, all right. I have to think about this one because there's the obvious ones. <laughs> there's the obvious ones. Eddie Guerrero is in there for me. Okay. Uh, love Eddie. Eddie's going to be in there. Uh, Michaels is going to be in there. Uh, so that's that's two of the Staffley in there. Now the rest are unknown to me. Um, <laughs> hmm. Because they're gonna, I don't want to put Rock and Stone Cold too obvious. And uh, I'm trying to think. What's your list, though, more. brother? I know, list, I know. Your favorites are. Your I know, favorite. but to me, to me, Rock and Austin are just too, too close for me. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Rock. I was always a big Rock guy. Whenever the the Rock and Stone Cold were like the two tops at that stage. We were me and my buddy was always the rock. Uh, we were kind of rooting against his brother who was awesome. So I'm gonna put rock, I'm gonna put Eddie, Michaels, Rock. Let me see, two more, two more. Um, Chance, I know you're probably not the biggest fan that I kind of agree with your take, but for me, Edge. Um, growing up, Edge is my was my guy. So Edge, Rock, Eddie, Michaels. Who am I gonna go for a fifth? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm struggling with this one. I'm struggling. Not easy to go... when you get put on the spot. It's tricky. Yeah, yeah. I want to go old school Ric Flair. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go on the moment, and this could change, but in the moment right now, I'm going to go Flair. So it's Rock, Michaels, Eddie Edge, and Flair. It's my top five in the moment. Very good cool. List. Good list. It's your list, whatever is personal to you, so can't knock it. You, your turn. Your top five of all time. I know I've asked you before, but that was about a year and a half ago. So let's refresh the viewers' minds. Let's hear yours. All right. So for me, it's Triple H, Undertaker, one and two. Uh, you could put either one, one A, one B for me. I just that's always been my guys. I'm not yeah. even going to argue about that. Uh, going down the line, Eddie Guerrero, and I. Be honest. I think I appreciated him more after he left us. To be completely honest. Um, so Eddie's definitely there for me as well. Um, 
the Road Warriors. I'll count them as one. I always love the Road Warriors. So that's four. And number five, this is always a tricky one. But you know what? I will have to say Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan being because I was a little kid and Hulk Hogan was the reason I loved wrestling. Hulk Hogan was the reason I tuned in every week. Hulk Hogan was the reason that I would sit in front of my TV when I was supposed to be asleep with no volume watching Saturday night's main event with one eye looking at the stairs to see if anyone was coming down. So, you know, I'd have to say Hogan. So that's my top five. Good list, boys. Like I said, they're your personal favorites. Can't knock anyone. Everybody put has- you on the spot. Oh, for me, yeah, uh, Hogan, in the order, uh, Hogan, Flair, Shawn Michaels, Mr. Perfect, and probably Ricky Steamboat. Those are my five probably favorites. This hard is so name, but those are my guys. And all 15 of these guys, amazing. Exactly. Right? Like, amazing. I mean, you can't I, I, go wrong with these lists. I would probably, I want to start Angle in there somewhere. I love Angle's amazing. Yeah. Let's give uh, him a mention. A, I had a top five. For you guys, uh, okay. what do you believe? I love your top five. I watch every week. Uh, so I've got top five. What do you think that would be top five things you're doing right at the moment? Top five things that WWE is doing right. Their global reach. Um, expanding the business with TKO, doing all those things, moving forward. Uh, and we're, we're not, you know, just their... that's probably it for me at this moment. I mean, in terms of on-screen product, it's it's pretty standard. I can't really say too much about that. Um, I'm stumped. I mean, outside of those two things, I can't really think of much more. I got a couple. For sure, for me, it's the production. Nobody has production like WWE. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you're doing. NBA, NHL, none of them. Boxing, nobody has production. The lighting, everything. WWE is number one for that it's just like superb quality always has been moving the business forward like you said coming with tko under the ufc wb umbrella so and you can tell they're pushing the line now they're bringing back orton and punk on the same night so i feel the third thing they're doing right is they're trying to do bigger things they're trying to go over the top you, ha- you haven't had a survivor series this popular in a while social media like you pointed out connor that cm punk returns are number one viewed social video social media video ever so they're pushing that social media line. They're very good on social media. You can watch Raw, and about five minutes later, go on YouTube, they've got the highlights up. So great social media team. And also, another thing they're doing right, their merchandise. They always have new shirts, new sales, it's Christmas, kids, all that. So those are the five things I think that they're uh, they're nailing right now. What do you think, Connor? What's your five on that? Yes, I'll go on screen. Uh, the regeneration of the baby face. Baby faces are killing it right now we look at that that top five yep. they're beloved which is awesome to see because it's hard it's hard to get baby faces that people really love and get behind so the baby faces are really really building their baby faces um their signings they're just getting great signings great returns you know um, of mm-hmm. course punk being being the signing um jade cargill uh cody not that long ago um they brought Kalido back which is good you know it's good to have a veteran come back like that um I think they're just getting some great signings and they're going to continue to pull more in, especially with all the hype that's built around Punk. I think it'll be more momentum built there. They're starting to build their tag team division, I think, which I like. Yeah. Um, I really like that. That match in Raw was good. Um, I like those guys as the Creed Brothers. I'm really, really liking watching them at the moment. And DIY, thankfully, they did something with them. The crowd actually started chanting DIY, which was needed. <laughs> I really think DIY needed something. Um, so I think they're starting to build the tag team division uh, back up. Uh, yeah, I think they're doing point. great with 
with Rhea. Um, I think they just thought they've hit the you know the right thing there with Rhea. Um, you know, Becky was just overshadowing everyone, and now I think Rhea's taking that light, and I think they're putting it in the right person, shining Rhea, giving her more TV time, giving her more confidence in the mic, and just building her up to be this superstar. Um, what else? What would I say with number five would be hmm, the tough one. I have to have to think about that. Those those that were four, I have to think about a number five, what they're doing, right? What I really enjoy. Um, I think, well, to go to to say what you said, chance well production. You can't beat mm-hmm. WWE's production. It's just no. a spectacle. Even if the event itself is like like mid, even yeah. if it's like, yeah, it's just like mid-range uh, event, they'll make it better. They'll make you believe it's even better just by their production alone. So I, I think uh, WWE's always been on top of that, but they're still getting it right. They're probably, but they're putting in more effort, I think, with production lately too. Yeah. The, the video packages have looked better as well than they have done in recent times. So I think, um, so yeah, I'll go with number five, production. Great yeah. list. There's one more thing I had to bring up before we bring this baby home. They're also pushing the line because Vinnie Mac is shopping around for TV deals right now. So they're bringing back Punk and Orton. They're going to, don't be surprised in the next few weeks you don't hear them. Oh, they got a new home on this place or that place because, you know, they know what they're doing. These are very, very smart businessmen and they know how to execute. Okay. So I'll, I'll just cap it off here with this very quickly. The one thing I did enjoy a lot about the WWE forever, this is the beginning of time. Their recap packages are the best. Oh, yeah. um, they You can take a shitty match and they'll make it look like an amazing match you missed. You know yeah. what I mean? They've always been good at that and they've just gotten better and better at it. I'll finish with this. In the last three months, we've seen John Cena. We've seen The Rock. We've seen Nia Jax. We've seen Jade Cargill, who hasn't done anything yet, but she's there. We've seen Carlito, Cardi Zane come back, Randy Orton and Punk. So, yeah, you know, to, to that point, the last three months, if, if that's anything, I can't wait to see what they're going to do in the next three as we lead up to Philadelphia. And we got WrestleMania 40. That's a big number. Well, that's right? a big number, big man. Um, maybe we should probably start thinking about that one chance and maybe Connor, you can come out that way yeah meet me in philadelphia there connor yeah yeah man philly we'll, we'll, oh, we'll go to pats yeah. we'll go to pats <laughs> man get a cheesesteak sandwich um <laughs> but let's wrap it up here so connor we'll probably see you again in january correct for oh, oh. Rumble, buddy. oh yeah right? you so know it. why don't we cut it off here my name is bobby samson his name is connor the mauler we'll probably wish you a merry christmas and a happy new year now and we'll see you in the new year and guys, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you who was right beside me, my man with the master plan, Mr. Chance, Michael's Chance. In the words of the great ACDC, those that download, like, and subscribe to the podcast and support Connor the Mauler, we salute you. We do salute you, Connor <laughs> the Mauler. Um, Connor, thank you again for coming out and joining us. Thank uh, you, guys. Thank everyone you. listening, Thanks, it's Tuesday. We have the whole week ahead of us. The weather is getting colder out this way. It's okay. probably beautiful where you are, Connor. Um, <laughs> so guys, be safe, be safe, be safe. Just take your time, rush where you're going, and we'll see you guys on Thursday for our boxing show. So until then, everybody, Samp and Chance and Connor are out. 